welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. We're live casting from the Intel Developer Forum event. This is Chip Chat, and I'm Allison Klein. Today, I'm joined by Ben Kepps uh, from Diversity Limited. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Allison. Always good to be back. You are a frequent guest in, in Chip Chat and other podcast programs. Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself to get started? Sure. So, uh, as will be uh, obviously uh, obvious from my accent, I'm not from the US. I actually uh, live down in New Zealand with the Hobbits. Um, but outside of that stuff, I, uh, I guess I'm a technology uh, commentator, analyst. Uh, I write for Forbes. I do a bunch of advisory work, a bunch of consulting, some investing. Um, and really interested in technology as an enabler for business change, I guess. Well, we were going to talk about the cloud, but then you challenged me in Twitter this morning to find something about RealSense because you were impressed with that technology. So I invited a colleague of mine to join us today, Eric Manchin. Hey, Eric. How you doing? So, Eric, why don't you introduce yourself? <clears throat> so my, my job is to be an evangelist for the RealSense uh, technology, specifically towards the software developers, and help them be enabled to create great apps and games for RealSense as it comes online. So I'm doing a little risk-taking here, Ben. Um, you asked for more information about RealSense. I brought it. Um, what's intriguing about that technology to you? It's interesting. I, I had a, a Lytro camera uh, when I first came out two or three years ago, I guess. And um, was kind of, I mean, it's a really interesting concept, the ability that you can refocus, that you can, you can take a bad picture and then, and then uh, you know, focus it later on. It's kind of like what ret retouching was uh, in the old days with photography. Um, but obviously the form factor was, was pretty poor. So, so thinking about that as a, as a technology that can be rolled out uh, more broadly and as a platform that can be rolled out more broadly is, is pretty interesting. And, and, and I guess the interesting thing for... For Intel is that um, it, is, it isn't an endpoint uh, you know, product manufacturer, it, it builds the, the platforms that other people can, can build things on, so that's pretty interesting. So, so yeah, so to clarify, one of the things that got announced at the keynote yesterday was the RealSense snapshot, and I, and I have to be really specific because there are a couple different forms of RealSense going on, and with the snapshot, which is like you were saying on the tablet with Dell yesterday, the, the Dell Venue 8 7000 series, it will be good for computational photography. In other, words, in other words, being able to take a picture and do some post analysis of it, whether it's changing your colors or your focus levels or doing measurements. Uh, another form of RealSense that we're, we have going on is the, of the more original RealSense, which is actually active IR scanning in 3D, and that's good for gesture recognition movies, things that are moving and continuous. So we've got a few do, uh, things going on, and, and it's a really exciting time to be in the area. It's pretty interesting because you know people look at you know especially that that uh, gesture re recognition, they look at that stuff, and and, and the value proposition is really obvious, but uh, you know the the execution thus far has been has been you know pretty limited. Uh, you know it, it, it's kind of look like look you know a first first generation touch interface um, was was you know it, it sounded really good, but it was really hard to use. So I'm really interested to see where that balance lies between putting stuff out there which is a platform to build stuff upon but making sure that you know customers you know end customers end users aren't going to be disappointed by the the experience now that's a very good point in the the tablet that was shown yesterday is going to be really great it's going to be a world facing kind of real sense so it's going to help you to capture the world and then the first uh, generation of RealSense with the act of scanning will be coming out this holiday season and it will get built right into the bezel 
of various laptops, ultrabooks, all-in-ones, whatever you have it. And so we are definitely working to make sure that we're getting the right quality for the software developers to make, like you said, intuitive apps that the, the, the great user experience versus something that's bug, buggy and glitchy. And so that, that's what we're, we're working hard on now, making sure that we're enabling the developers to. I'd like the example of the couch uh, measurements in the keynote because I have lived through that nightmare of buying a couch and then realizing it doesn't fit into a space once it gets home. Um, I know that's a really simple use, use case, um, but my mind just starts wandering to all of the various use cases um, for this type of technology. Ben, what is intriguing to you about it? And when you, were, when you had the earlier device, um, you know, what, what were you trying to use it for? Yeah, so I mean, I, I you know I got given one as a trial, and and kind of uh, the idea, in, in particular with the refocusing, the idea to be able to you know take a picture and then and then play around. You know, we saw the example in the keynote yesterday. You know, a picture of I think it was a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge, and focus on the bridge or focus back on the person in front of it. Um, so that that's kind of interesting, both from a uh, you know. Um, somebody takes a bad picture and they can they can make it right but also kind of more importantly from a creative perspective being able to change things uh, but there's so many you know as, as you say Alison that whole idea of being able to measure stuff uh, you know off an image is, is super interesting and there's applications in the in the, in the uh, construction and engineering field mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I talk to people that work on you know massive construction projects that are doing you know overlay augmented reality overlay stuff so you you know you, you hold up a, a device um, at, a, at, a, at a building and, and you can see schematic diagrams uh, of, of plumbing and things like that. So really, um, you know, utilising you know, utilizing photography, doing some, you know, GPS tracking stuff, doing some measurement, doing some overlay uh, is, is, is really augmenting reality. That's pretty exciting. In my opinion, I think, I think there's two main areas that are going to be really interesting. One, I think, is a creative one, right, where you, where you have a wedding photo and you, you make the couple color and everything else is black and white and things like that, which is great for creativity. And then I think there is a very much a utilitarian one in which whether it's figuring out if your couch, because you can also take a picture beforehand of your living room and do the measurements and have that data in there. And so now you can actually take your couch and overlay it into your, your, your living room to see if it fits. And then other things, like you said, for construction, right? I'm going to build this wall. I want to repaint this wall. What's the area of that wall? Uh, if you've ever done construction, and I did it for years, right? There's a lot of measurements in there. Now if you take a picture and it knows everything. It's like, oh wow, that that was easy. Yeah, totally. Like I like I I um, do construction stuff. I have done construction stuff as well. And, and uh, you know, there's a couple of use cases there that the um, Intel is going to be actively reducing the divorce rate because the number of <laughs> the, the number of marital arguments that occur because you know somebody buys something that doesn't fit or or somebody chooses a color or, or buys an amount of paint that isn't enough to cover cover a wall. I don't think we're going to take that as a stretch goal, but good to know. Yeah. But yeah. It, could, it could influence the wedding photos too that Eric mentioned earlier. Totally. Um, it, it it could also. Uh, eliminate the need for um, cut once, measure twice, I think? Cut once, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When, when you talk about the upcoming technologies, Eric, and um, what we'll be delivering in this space in the future, what are the other things that we should be paying attention to? Right, so the, the, the issue is we really have three cameras coming on. Uh, we have the, the, the real sense snapshot that we saw, which is world-facing and more for taking a picture and analyzing it. We have the uh, gesture recognition user-facing, and then we will have a third camera coming out that'll be a world-facing active scanning and things like that, so you can do that. Um, some of the other areas that, that people find interesting besides just being creative and artistic is things like making a more intuitive uh, interface. So one of the great examples I've heard of is imagine if a surgeon is in an operating room, right, and he or she wants to manipulate an image 
without getting their hands dirty, right? With RealSense, you can do that and zoom in and zoom out of the liver or whatever it is. Um, and so we, we may not save marriages, but we might help save a few lives, which would also be good. Yeah, that's awesome. So RealSense got a lot of attention yesterday, and I know you've been everywhere at IDF, Ben. Um, I've seen you running from meeting to meeting, from room to room. What other technologies and, and companies or anything else that caught your eye as something shiny and new at IDF? Yeah, so I was pretty interested, um, and, and I wrote something about it the other day, about the, the TXT stuff, uh, the fact that you can you know, expose some APIs at a, at a chip level um, to really sort of customize you know, security settings or levels or, 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 or quality of service or whatever. So that idea that, um, you know, that's a specific example, but that idea that you can, you can take silicon, which is essentially an ingredient, it's a component part, and you can really you know, API, API enable, uh, enable it, and, and all of a sudden you can add a soft, software layer to that, that that does some amazing things. And, and you know, it, it reminds me of you know, Mark Andreessen's famous article in the Wall Street Journal that software is eating the world. You know, silicon is, is, is that base component of technology, and even silicon is being not disrupted, but is being augmented by software. And, uh, and we're seeing examples of that here this week. You know, I, I have to admit that as, as somebody who's spent their career in, in the data center, when Diane Bryan took the stage yesterday uh, with our CEO and reminded the audience that all these devices actually need data centers, and by the way, all of these d data centers do run on hardware, um, that, was a, that was a nice message to hear. And I think that you're bringing up a, a really interesting topic in terms of API integration into the, the future of how we actually deliver more transparency of the underlying hardware infrastructure as services are selecting the infrastructure to run on and, and choosing the capabilities that they need. Yeah, and there's kind of two things going on. On the one hand, the, the end users, the consumers of technology, can start forgetting about you know, hardware, forgetting about the technology. So, so if I run Uber, I don't need to think about a data center. But at the same time, there's all the stuff that's going on in the data center to add value so that you know, Uber can actually run more effectively. So there's kind of that, that, that sort of dual thing going on that people can forget about it, but because of the work that companies like Intel are doing to really add value, you know, those, those services can run that much better. I think it also hit, hits the app developers. As folks are looking at building the next generation of apps that are cloud aware and are optimized for cloud, having those APIs built into the languages will help without having them to really think about writing to the underlying infrastructure as well. Well, that's, yeah, that's the interesting thing. And, and, and RealSense is a good example. You know, we're, you know, we're here and we've heard some examples and some, some use cases that Intel has suggested, but the real magic happens when when, when someone gets hold of that technology, gets hold of the APIs and does some crazy stuff that we could have never thought of. You know, Uber didn't invent anything. It took, you know, component parts, it took Google Maps and it took, you know, a bunch of other things and put it together in an amazingly creative way and, and disrupted an entire industry in doing so. And so that's, that's what excites me. I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on one of the, you know, Dell, Dell tablets to, to, to try it out. But I'm even more excited to see what happens in, in one or two years when developers build some amazing stuff on top of that. You're absolutely right. Um, anything else that you want to call out is interesting? Um, so, so that stuff, you know, like I, I think, um, you know, putting on my sort of independent commentator hat on, I, you know, what, what's interesting for me is that, is that, you know, Intel is sort of um, disproving that theory that, you know, hardware doesn't matter anymore. You know, we've heard for the longest time that, that the, the, the largest companies are, are sort of um, dissociating themselves from hardware, you know, just putting the, the value on top. 
and, and yet we're seeing so many examples where you know that the hardware is the is the important part and hardware is, is really adding that value so it's really interesting from a sort of a macro perspective to look at an organization like Intel that's that's actually you know doing something that you know could arguably be described as just boring plumbing and yet is really adding value to that and that's that's pretty interesting Eric, when, I know that you've got a background in telco and in data centers. Now you're in the real sense space. When you take a look at the technology across uh, Intel and, and, and see how device to data center and the telco in between, everything's connected, where, where's your most interesting part of technology innovation these days if it's not what you're working on? So, so one of the, the other things that got announced um, yesterday was Edison is being live, right? And I think in, in some ways this, this is a great show for the data center because when you look at Edison and putting smarts into like a hard hat or whatever else it is, a parking meter, right? Or you look at RealSense and collecting all that data and pretty soon it won't just be pictures, it'll be actual 3D scans. All that stuff is even more bits, even more data, which all goes back to the data center. It's like a funnel that everything ends up in the data center, right? And so I, I do think it's great that uh, we're, we're enabling an opportunity where whether it's getting better scans of your house and doing your furniture things or better scans of, of organs or whatnot, um, all of these technologies are going to be great from a standpoint of the data center enables that data, which in, when it's just raw information, it's almost useless, right? But when you're able to use it creatively, then it becomes knowledge, and I think that's the important part. You know, it's interesting, the, the comment and, and the, the new announcement about Aware, which I believe is our new analytics effort for the wearables market. And, you know, the statistics and, and what they were expecting in terms of data and, and um, you know, data center in, integration with the wearables market surpassing phones. That, that kind of gave me pause to think about, wow, that, that is a lot of growth that it's going to be driven and a, a major opportunity for businesses to think about how they can use that new c connection with customers in a different way. It's funny, we, I mean, we all you know, get excited, you know, the iPhone release yesterday, we get excited about new devices, but the reality is you know, we're going to have a smartwatch and we're going to have a smartphone and you know, maybe we'll have some smart glasses and, and that's kind of the devices that, that we carry and interact with you know, directly. But there's all that indirect stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, in the future we will be wearing you know, dozens of connected devices. And, and that's where the real value lies. It's, you know, the shiny, shiny phone is, is, is an interesting interface to the world, but what's more interesting is when we've got, you know, tens of billions of connected devices that are all streaming data up into the cloud and people can do amazing stuff with that. That's, that's game changing. I think that uh, what's going to be interesting in this space is that the innovation curve is going to be extremely rapid. And you know, use cases that we can think about today are going to be completely different than what we're thinking about two years ago. Um, if you look at this space, what kind of use cases are you guys most excited about? I think uh, one of the areas is you know enabling people to live better lives is going to be an underlying goal, right? So if we had connected cars as an example, right? Uh, and, and even if all the information is atomized properly, so no one, you know, we're not tracking any individual person, you can just see traffic flows. And you can kind of see that already somewhat on, on Google Maps and being able to avoid major congestions or you know, just get that better level of information so you don't miss the train by five minutes or whatever else goes on in life. Um, I, I think the, the, again, the data is great, but when it becomes useful, it's knowledge and that's the secret sauce. Yeah, I agree. It's, and, and it's interesting. You know, these these technologies in isolation are interesting, 
but it's when you see some convergence that things get really exciting. So, you know, driverless driverless cars are very cool. The driverless cars connected to a you know connected public transportation network, connected to mapping, connected to real time you know weather and and traffic pattern analysis. That starts to get really amazing. So it's this convergence of, of these different things that is that is truly interesting. And just one example, right? You're coming down the highway, right? And there's an accident happened. Doesn't involve you, but it delays you. And your car automatically contacts the airline and gets your flight rescheduled because you're going to miss the flight you're on. And before, by the time you show up at the airport, you already have a new ticket. You already have a new flight. Everything else is done all magically in the back end, and you don't sweat. You just go get a coffee. That's a wonderful world. You know, the the interesting thing though is if predictive analytics can do all of this thinking for us and all of these actions for us, what are we going to spend our time doing? Uh, probably uh, Candy Crunch. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's a pretty big existential question. Obviously, um, you know, Cars Book, you know, is IT making us, or is Google making us stupid? Uh, you know, there was a lot of debate around that. You know, my hope is that we can take our, our free time and put it to, to good use, but I suspect um, you're right that it's going to be it's going to be Candy Crush <laughs> and selfies. Yeah, and selfies. <laughs> Lots of selfies. 3D selfies. Oh, that's nice. Coming to, you, to a theater near you. You know, selfies that you can measure with real sense. That'll be lovely. That's another use case. I wonder what percentage of the uh, data growth is is expected from selfie uh, storage. On I think 95 percent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I don't want to take up more of your time because I know that you're both busy. Uh, but thank you for being on today, and I hope you enjoy your weeks at IDF. Glad awesome. to be here. Thank you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.